Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, February 20th, 2022, which is the seventh Sunday after Epiphany. Let's begin with a reading from Luke's Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Jesus said, But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap, for the measure that you give will be the measure that you get back. The Gospel of Christ Heavenly God, may only your truth be spoken and only your truth be heard. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. It's funny how the human mind works sometimes, isn't it? This week, I was marveling at how certain things will cause particular memories to bubble up to the surface. As I read this week's gospel reading, I was reminded of someone that I used to work with roughly 25 years ago. This is a person that I haven't thought about much in quite some time. He was a family man who spoke about his wife and children proudly. His love for his family was as profound as it was obvious. When we met, it didn't take very long to discover that he was also a man with a very deep religious conviction. I found it remarkable how many things that he and I had in common, and when we began working together, I was very eager for the friendship to flourish. Despite the similarities, the proverbial honeymoon did not last very long at all. I quickly discovered that he drove me nuts, to put it mildly. We disagreed on so many things, and looking back, we could probably have found a way to argue about the number of things that we disagreed on. Terms like cats and dogs or oil and water come to mind. And if I'm honest, and to be fair, the feeling was very likely mutual. We worked together for a few years, and although we managed to keep things professional, there were times when it was really a struggle. Despite a shared faith, similar family life, and a common work experience, the friendship that I had hoped for never really materialized. 
Of course, it's today's gospel reading that brought these memories to the forefront of my mind. Last week, we read that after taking some time away to pray, Jesus performed some healing and engaged in some teaching. We considered his teaching in the context of learning to be generous with others, particularly with those who are most in need in our communities. Today's reading picks up right where we left off last week. Jesus goes on to tell those who are listening, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other one also. If anyone takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Well, I don't know about you, but this sounds like a pretty tall order. Whether we're talking about a good relationship that hits a rocky patch, or possibly a very difficult relationship that takes a lot of work to keep it civil, I think it's probably pretty safe to say that we've all experienced difficult relationships. A variety of life experiences means that we often approach situations from different angles, seeing things in different ways. Well, I hope that we all have experienced healthy, happy relationships, it's likely that we have also experienced unhealthy relationships that leave wounds and scars. The reality is that while Jesus' words are relatable, since most of us have experienced conflict and brokenness in relationships, it's that relatability that makes Jesus' words hard to practice. When confronted with conflict and hostility, a person's natural reaction is to become either defensive or to respond in similar kind. It's in this way that Jesus' directive to love our enemies seems extremely counterintuitive. Why on earth would we want to do good to those who wish us harm? But let's consider the context in which Jesus' words are nestled. Let's not forget that these words are set in the larger context of Jesus healing those around him. We're even told that many in the crowd simply tried to touch Jesus because power came from him and healed them. So what if Jesus' power was not limited to physical healing? I think that Jesus' words about loving our enemies can be understood in the same context of powerful healing. Not the healing of our bodies, but of our relationships. If we live our lives always repaying pain with pain, anger for anger, then we keep feeding into a cycle that will never be broken. In contrast, Jesus' instructions to repay hatred with love doesn't simply counter this cycle. Over time, it aims to reverse it. Well, that's all well and good in theory, but how do we put this into practice? Like many things, this task might seem overwhelming at first, but becomes much more achievable when we break it down into manageable portions. What does it really mean to love another person? 
It's all about finding a way to recognize another person as made and loved by God, even those people with whom we profoundly disagree. A few weeks ago, we considered Paul's words to the Christians in Corinth, in which he compared people of faith to different parts of a body. We haven't all been given the same gifts and abilities because we are not all meant to do the same tasks. In practical terms, this means that we are going to engage the world in different ways. In part, learning to love another person includes recognizing that we are each wired differently so that we can meet the tasks to which we have been called. But there's more to Jesus' words than overcoming a difference in our giftedness. How do we respond when we are hurt by another person? When we are hurt, we need to examine how we respond. Someone once said that hurt people hurt people. Can we learn to see the hurtful actions of other people as coming from a place of their own brokenness? This is often the first step toward intentionally choosing to respond to a hurt by speaking wholeness and healing into someone else's life, rather than choosing to compound the existing brokenness. Furthermore, loving someone who has hurt us does not mean that we should allow them to continue to hurt us. This does not necessarily mean that we should be eager to walk away from the relationship. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul encouraged his readers that we should always tell the truth in love. This means having the courage to be vulnerable and to admit when we have been hurt. In Paul's words, this truth-telling must be done in a loving way and never out of anger or malice. This is genuinely the most loving thing to do because it hopes for reconciliation while also challenging the other person to accept responsibility for their action. It also offers the other person healing by holding up healthy boundaries and seeking a restored, healthier relationship. Lastly, I would also suggest that this concept of loving our enemy does not necessarily mean that everyone has to be our best friend. Loving another person might be as simple as accepting differences of opinions or views without trying to sway the other person to my way of thinking. In a world full of polarizing opinions, loving another person could be as simple as learning to live with differences, even if those differences are profound. Let's pray. God of mercy, keep before us the love that you have revealed in your Son, who prayed even for his enemies. Help us to follow his example through our words and actions, so that we may transform hatred into love and selfishness into generosity. We pray this through Jesus Christ, our great reward. Amen.